0: Hi, and welcome to the Authors Lighthouse podcast, helping writers and emerging authors navigate the choppy waters of publishing. I'm your host, Karen Schober, indie author and author consultant. Hello, and welcome to this week's show. So today we're going to talk about copyright, specifically U.S. copyright. Now, please, this is not legal advice and does not take the place of lawyers' advice. This is just what I have found to be helpful in my research and my personal experiences when it pertains to copyright. This is also specifically about U.S. copywriting. If you are outside the U.S., please look into your own country's copyright office and the rules and regulations behind it. Things may vary depending on the country you're in. So why copyright your work? Basically, it's a piece of paper and it doesn't stop someone from copying your work. Technically, the moment you create something, you own the copyright to it. So why do it? In a nutshell, to protect yourself and your work even though a piece of paper is not going to stop them. So what is copyright? Copyright is a legal concept that grants exclusive rights to the author and creator or creators to control the use and distribution of their original work. Copyright protection is automatic upon the creation of an original work and extends to not just books or literary works, but artistic, musical, and other creative works. So songs, pictures, photographs, paintings, that is all covered under copyright. So it's not just books. This means that the author, and I'm gonna use the word author because we're talking about books, but the creator has the right to control how their work is used. copied, distributed, displayed, and performed and can prohibit others from using or profiting from their work without their permission. So the copyright lasts here in the US for the life of the creator or the owner plus 70 years. So 70 years after I pass, the copyright of my work will be null and void. The purpose of the copyright is to promote and protect the creativity by providing economic incentive for authors to create new works and ensure that creators receive the recognition and compensation for their efforts. Copyright also plays a critical role in balancing the rights of the creator and users of the copyrighted material by allowing for exceptions such as fair use, which limits which allows limited use of copyrighted material with no permission or payment. This is a big issue now with the AI and uh, specifically with the images. Uh, Work that is still copyrighted is being used and with no credit to the originator or compensation to them. So it's, it's a very slippery slope on this one. But overall, copyright law seems to try to balance the interests of both the authors and society as a whole by protecting the rights of the creators while also promoting access to and use the creative works for the benefit of all. Fair use is a legal doctrine that allows for the limited use of copyrighted material without the permission of the copyright owner. Fair use is a critical aspect of copyright law because it allows for a wide range of uses that promote creativity, education, and innovation without unduly restricting the rights of the copyright owners. The fair fair use doctrine is based on the principle that certain uses of the copied material are considered to be fair and do not require the permission of the copyright owner. Courts consider four main factors when determining fair use. The first one is the purpose and character of the use, including whether it is used for commercial or nonprofit purposes and whether it is transformative, which means that they're taking an original piece and adding something new to that original work. So second, is the nature of the copyrighted work, including whether if it was factual or nonfiction or creative fiction. The third is the amount and sustainability of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. So if it blows it up, that's bad. If it just uses a little nibble of it, that's okay. And the effect of the use on the potential market or, or value of the copyrighted work. So this could also this could be financially but a potential market or politically. Uh, many politicians will use songs at their rallies and they, especially if they get TV coverage, need to get the artist's permission. There have been cases where politicians have used a song and the, uh, the author of the song, does not agree with their political views and has said, you can't use my songs at your rallies. So, it's a very interesting thing, it does, like I said, this does pertain to more than just authors, it's anyone who has created anything, fiction, nonfiction. it doesn't matter. So, the courts evaluate each of these factors on a case-by-case basis, and no one factor is determinative. Uses that are transformative, non-commercial, and only use a small portion of the original work are more likely to be considered fair use. So if you use it as inspiration, a jumping off point, great! If you just re, if you just change the color, that ain't gonna fly. (laughs) So examples of some fair use include using excerpts from copyrighted books in a book review, using a clip of a movie to illustrate a point in a scholarly article, or creating a parody of a copyrighted song. So Weirdow, Al, all of his stuff, he's good because it's a parody. He's not using the work as it sits. He has transformed it. However, it is important to note that the determination of fair use is not always clear-cut and is often a complex and nuanced legal issue that depends on the specific facts for each case. Also, keep in mind that there is a difference between using copyrighted material for academic purposes and commercial. In general, fair use is more likely to be allowed in academic works than commercial works, though this is not by any means a hard and fast rule. Academic works such as research papers, dissertations, and classroom presentations are often considered having a greater protection under the fair use than commercial works. This is because academic works are typically non-commercial in nature and serve an educational or scholarly purpose. Uses of copyrighted material in academic works are more likely to be transformative and non-competitive with the original work, and therefore, or be more likely to be considered fair use. Commercial works, such as advertising, marketing materials, and commercial products are typically created for a commercial purpose and are less likely to be considered fair use. Using a song in a commercial means that they have to pay the artist for the rights to use the song. Commercial works are more likely to compete with the original work and may have a negative impact on the potential market for the copyrighted material. Therefore, uses of copyrighted material in commercial works are generally subjected to stricter scrutiny under the fair use doctrine. So why should you register your copyright for your book? Copywriting your work provides several important benefits and protections which is why it is recommended for authors and any other creator to do so. So here are some, a few reasons you should copyright your work. First of all, legal protection. Copyright provides a legal protection for your work. So you have the exclusive right to control how your work is used, copied, distributed, displayed, and performed. If someone infringes on your copyright, you can take legal action to stop them and seek damages for any losses you have suffered. Economic benefits. Copyright gives you the ability to profit from your work by licensing it or selling it to others. You can also control how your work is used in order to maximize its commercial value. Recognition and reputation. Copywriting your work establishes your ownership and authorship, which can help you build your reputation as an author or creator. It can also help to prevent others from taking credit for your work or passing it off as their own. And protection against plagiarism. Copywriting your work can help deter plagiarism as it establishes your ownership and legal right to that work. It can help prevent others from copying or stealing your work without your permission. Overall, copywriting your work can provide important legal and economic benefits, as well as the protection for your intellectual property rights. It is important to note that copyright protection is automatic upon creation of the original work, but registering your work with the Copyright Office provides you an additional legal protection and makes it easier for you to enforce your rights in the event of infringement. So, how do you do this registration? Uh, How do you do it with the U.S. Copyright Office? It actually is pretty simple and unless you have complex issues with your work You can do it yourself and don't need an outside service to do it for you. You don't need a lawyer. You don't need an expert. And having fewer people involved with your copyright is better for you and will save you both time and money. To register your book, you'll first need the final copy or something pretty gosh darn close to the final copy of the manuscript plus the cover. The best place to go to do all of this work is at copyright.gov. The link is in the show notes and this is under the Library of Congress's jurisdiction. It's part of their office and a link to the Library of Congress is also in the show notes. There are video tutorials on the copyright.gov site on how to go through the process. And if you do have questions after that, I recommend first watching them or contacting the Copyright Office directly. There are real-life people there. They are on Eastern Time because they are in Washington, DC. So instead of me going through the online tutorial for you, here it is nuts and bolts. To file, you fill out the form for new work, upload the manuscript and the cover, And then pay a filing fee of $45 $45 at this time Uh, for a single author, same claimant, one work, not for hire, standard application. That key is you want to go for that one, the single author, same claimant, one work, not for hire, standard application, it's $45. There is a standard application without all those extra words in there but it's $65 and it's not needed. You don't need to pay that extra 20 bucks to the government in this case, unless you have a situation where you're not a single author, you're not the same claimant, you're not, it's not one work. It's not, it it is for higher work. So most books, 45 bucks and you're good. If you are unsure what your work falls under, I recommend contacting the Copyright Office. Doing a paper application, which is an option, is $125 and will take longer to be processed and have the copyright received. Now, if you go back and significantly edit or add to the work of your book or make a new cover for the book, it is recommended to update your copyright. A significant change is considered to be 10% of the original work that has been either changed or added to, or the new cover. The process is the same, but indicate that this is an update and not a new work. It will take a few weeks to get the copyright registration back, but know that you do not need that copyright registration in hand to publish your book. It is a good business practice to get it within the first few months after publication. But figure this, if you have the final manuscript and you're uploading to the online retailers anyway, you already have all the pieces you need to start the registration process. So go ahead and just do it and <laughs> get it off your to-do list. There are several misconceptions about copyright registration that can lead authors and creators to misunderstand the benefits and requirements of the registration process and this is just a few of the common misconceptions one it's expensive it's 45 bucks to register the copyright in the scope of the costs associated with publishing this is a really small percentage of the budget there are no additional fees or costs associated with maintaining your copyright registration 45 bucks and you're good for 70 years after you pass away but The copyright registration is time-consuming. While the registration process involves some paperwork and waiting time, it is a straightforward and simple process. The application can usually be completed in under an hour, uh, unless you need to call the Copyright Office. Uh, A misconception is that copyright registration is only necessary for commercial work. Copyright registration is important for all types of work, whether they are commercial or non-commercial. Registration provides legal protection and helps to establish ownership and authorship of the work, regardless of what is being done with the work. And that copyright registration is only necessary for published work. Not at all. Copyright registration is important for all original works of authorship, whether or not they have been published. This could be a song that sits on your computer in a notebook for for years. It could be the book that is sitting on your computer that is never going to see the light of day. You can still register that copyright. Registration is especially important if you plan to enforce your copyright law, a copyright in a court, as registration is a prerequisite for filing a copyright infringement lawsuit. So if you do need to sue You have to register your copyright, and hopefully no one has beaten you to that punch. And that copyright registration is not necessary because the copyright protection is automatic. While the copyright protection does not automatically, does exist, sorry, does exist upon creation of the original work, the registration provides additional benefits, including the ability to recover damages in a copyright infringement lawsuit and the ability to establish a public record of your copyright ownership. Date and time stamp on your computer will not stand in a court of law. Overall, copyright registration is a very important step for authors and creators who want to protect their intellectual property and enforce their copyright rights. It is relatively straightforward and an affordable process that provides important legal benefits and protections. So copywriting with self-publishing, it still applies to all original works of authorship. And this includes self-published. This means if you're a self-published author, you have the same copyright protections as any other author or publisher, and you can enforce your rights Under copyright law, if someone else uses your work without permission. Here are some key considerations for self-published authors in regard to copyright law. Ownership. As an author of self-published work, you are the owner of the copyright of that work. This means you have the exclusive right to control how your work is used, copied, distributed, displayed, and performed. Registration. While the copyright protection is automatic, a self-published author can benefit from registering their copyright within the US Copyright Office. Registration provides additional legal protection it's easier to enforce your rights in the event of infringement. And of course, with infringement, if someone uses your self-published work without permission, that they may be infringing on your copyright. This can include copying, distributing, displaying, or performing your work without your consent. Someone records your book without your consent, you can sue for copyright infringement. If you believe that someone has infringed on your copyright, you can take legal actions to stop them and seek damages for any losses suffered. And fair use. Self-published authors should also know about the fair use doctrine, which does allow a limited use of copyrighted material without permission from the copyright or or owner. Fair use is fact-specific and depends on factors such as the purpose of the use, the nature of the copyrighted work, the amount and sustainability of the portion used, and the effect on the potential market of the copyrighted work. So Overall, copyright copyright law applies to self-published work just as it does to any other type of creative work. Self-published authors have the same legal rights and protections under copyright law and should take the steps to register their copyright, enforce their rights, and be aware of the Fair Use Doctrine. Now, authors can take several key steps with their self-published work. From infringement. some Key ideas are the registration. As mentioned earlier, registering your copyright with the office provides additional legal protection and makes it easier to enforce your rights in the case of infringement. Watermarking and metadata. Adding a watermark or metadata to your self-published work can help defer infringement by making it more difficult for others to pass off your work as their own. Watermarking involves adding a visible or invisible mark to your work that identifies you as the owner. While metadata involves adding the information to a digital file that provides the information about the author and copyright ownership. This is watermarking is easier to do on a PDF or print than an ebook, but with an ebook we have digital rights management, also known as DRM. And this is a Technology, it's actually special code that is added to the ebook, and it is used to prevent unauthorized copying and distribution of digital content. Many self publishing platforms offer DRM options, which can help protect your work from infringement. DRM is added by the online retailer and not by the author or publisher. Once added to the online listing, it can cannot be changed or removed it is it isn't perfect and the DRM code that is added to the ebook can be removed after the purchase so if you have it up on Amazon and you choose DRM you cannot change that status but someone who purchases your ebook can go in if they know how to do it and remove the DRM code just like if someone bought your book They could still photocopy it. It's wrong, but they can still do this. DRM is a personal choice to use it or not. I usually see more nonfiction use DRM than fiction, but that is only my observation. So Monitoring and enforcement. Regularly monitoring your self-published work for infringement can help you identify and address any unauthorized users of your book. This could be as simple as a Google Alerts or doing a search for your ISBN number or title and author name. You can also consider working with a copyright lawyer to enforce your rights and take legal action against infringers. Licensing agreements. If you want to allow others to use your self-published work, you can consider using a licensing agreement that defines the terms and conditions under How others can use your work. This can help ensure that your work is used in a way that is consistent with your interests and values. Overall, protecting your self-published work from infringement requires a combination of legal, technical, and practical strategies. By taking these steps, you can help deter infringement and enforcement of your rights under copyright law. So, The author of a creative work is the initial owner of the copyright of that work. This means that the author has the exclusive right to control how the work is used, copied, distributed, displayed, and performed. However, ownership of copyright can be transferred or assigned to someone else. Here are a few ways which ownership of copyright can be transferred. A written agreement. This is the most common way to transfer ownership of copyright through a written agreement, such as a contract or licensing agreement. In this type of agreement, the original owner, also known as the author, agrees to transfer ownership of the copyright to another party, the assignee, in exchange for compensation or other considerations. Inheritance. Copyright ownership can also be transferred through inheritance. When the copyright, when the owner of the copyright dies, the ownership of the copyright passes to the owner's heirs or beneficiaries, usually listed in their will. And work for hire. Sometimes the copyright work is created by an employee as part of their job duties and may but still is owned by the employer. The employee creates it, but it is owned by the employer. This is known as work for hire and is an exception to the general rule that the author of the author is the owner of the copyright. It is important to note that the owner of the ownership of the copyright can only be transferred in writing an oral agreement or implied agreement agreements do not transfer ownership of copyright. If you get traditional publishing deal, you will be required to transfer the copyright to the publisher. At this point, it becomes their book. Sometimes at the end of a publishing contract, the publisher will revert the rights back to the author and it becomes their property again. But this is not guaranteed. If you're offered a publishing contract, know what you are signing and that you can get the rights back Or your book. Overall, ownership of copyright initially belongs to the author, but ownership can be transferred through a written agreement, inheritance, or a work for hire agreement. If you are considering transferring ownership of copyright, it is really, really important to consult with a copyright lawyer to ensure that the transfer is done properly, and that it's documented and legally valid. So being an author means that it is important to protect your work. It doesn't matter if you're indie or traditionally published, knowing your rights is crucial to making sure that your work is represented in a way that you want it to be and that you are compensated for its use. This is in a nutshell, the basics of why and how to copyright your book. Like I said before, this does not take the place of legal advice or advice from the Copyright Office or the Library of Congress. And all about the and this is all about the copyright laws in the United States. I have provided links to the Copyright Office and the Library of Congress in the show notes. This show is brought to you by my book Hollywood Hearts the Second Act now up on Amazon and in Kindle Unlimited. Beth Edwards didn't think her book would be anything more than scribblings in a notebook. Never in her wildest dreams would she have thought that her book would become a blockbuster success and a Hollywood game calling. Life would never be the same for Beth and her young family as they headed to Hollywood to oversee production. Robert Cobb, the seasoned actor, had wanted to be involved in the project since he had seen Beth on TV promoting her book. He was amazed at who Beth was. As their characters fall for each other on the screen, they are both confused with what they are feeling off screen. Will true love happen when the director calls out, cut, that's a wrap? You like behind the scenes of Hollywood and the romance of meeting and falling for one of your TV crushes, Hollywood Hearts, the second act, A contemporary feel-good romance will capture your heart. Find it on Amazon, a Kindle Unlimited exclusive. The word of the week, blurb. A blurb is the copy that you read on book covers, dust jackets, and on the online listing of the book to promote it. It is the short book description to hook the reader into wanting more and hopefully purchasing and reading it. This is not to be confused with the hook but it contains the hook usually in the first sentence or two and that is a blurb. In news this week The Guardian reported that 20 lost short stories of Terry Pratchett have been found and will be released this fall by Sir Terry's publisher Transworld. These 20 short stories were written under a pen name and were originally published in newspapers, regional newspapers, mostly in the 70s and 80s under the name Patrick Kearns. A fan of Pratchett framed The Quest for Keys, one of the longer short stories, and had it on his wall for over seventy years. Mister Lawrence sent Sir Terry's estate a message to know that his work was un- th- this work was under his pen name. This resulted in two other fans, Pat and Jan Harkin, to find the rest of them by combing through decades worth decades worth of old newspapers to find the other nineteen short stories. None of the short stories are in Pratchett's Discworld universe. And the publisher said, quote, he could expect to meet characters ranging from cavemen to gnomes, wizards to ghosts, and read about time travel tourism, the haunting of council offices, and a visitor from another planet. Robert Wilkins, Pratchett's former assistant, friend, and now the head of the Pratchett Literary Estate, said, Quote, rediscovery of these stories is nothing short of a miracle. While Terry was always very focused on the next novel and maintained that his unpublished works should never be released, he always held a grudging admiration for his younger self's work. And he would be tickled to see these stories celebrated in one wonderful volume. He continues to say, the stories from the beginning of his career, before he became the Terry Pratchett that we know and love, are no less inspired and give us a real insight to the development of his creative genius. This is really cool to be able to find some work. Uh, Since this was already published, I don't think it goes against Mr. Pratchett's uh, wishes of not publishing unpublished work after his death. He did die uh, in the 80s after having a battle with Alzheimer's. This is exciting. It'll be exciting to see what happens in October when it comes out and uh, get a read of young Terry's work. And for my personal update, I'll admit I had a really off week. Lots of low energy and it was hard to create on all fronts. I wrote a little for my prequel for the Fire and Ice series, I ended up scrapping a party scene that was causing me more trouble and decided just to move on instead Instead of staying at this trouble point I was having. So moving things to a rink just seems easier to me for this story. And this is a short story and not a full novel. I'm hoping it turns out to be about a uh, 10,000 words and I just hit the 5,000 word mark. So if I take that party scene out, it seems... Like a good idea, and it was DOA anyway. It isn't going anywhere fast. Uh, Jumping from nonfiction to fiction is harder than I thought it would be. I took a break from fiction writing when I was in school, so getting those creative muscles working again has been slightly frustrating. It's a good thing that it's a new week and I can get right back up on that horse and get some words on the page. So hopefully, I'll get some more words done this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Uh, please comment, show notes, uh, or you can email me at karen at lighthousecom Next week, we'll be looking at book covers and what an imprint is. So everyone have a fantastic week. Bye. This was The Author's Lighthouse, a Fireball Studio production. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Author's Lighthouse. And if you like the show, leave us leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform. It really helps get the show discovered. And also, don't forget to subscribe. If you have a topic you would like to suggest for a future episode, email it to karen at theauthorslighthouse.com. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, please support the show at Patreon dot com slash authors lighthouse that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash authors lighthouse every bit helps support the show this was the author's lighthouse a fireball studio production please follow us on facebook and instagram at the authors lighthouse and on twitter at authors lh and if you would like the show Subscribe and leave us five star review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps get the show discovered. If you have a topic you would like to suggest for a future episode, email it to Karen at theauthorslighthouse dot com. That's K A R E N at Lighthouse dot com. And if you really like this story and want to help more, please support the show at patreon.com slash authors lighthouse that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash authors lighthouse every little bit helps support the show and thank you